Hello and welcome into the Everything EMA podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your new host, Joe Tillery. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing anything K-State, anything K-State athletics, and everything purple and white coming in the future. To start today's episode off, we're going to take a look at the Wildcats matchup with the Tulane Green Wave this past Saturday, a deflating loss in which the Cats were upset 17-10. After taking a look at the box scores between the Tulane upset of the Wildcats and comparing that to the Mizzou game and the South Dakota game, K-State actually had a pretty similar level of production in each of the three games this season. The Wildcats made up for 336 total yards of offense against both Tulane and Missouri, and accounted for 392, about 50 yards more, against South Dakota. And on the topic of similar stat lines, the Wildcats have forced at least one or more turnovers in each of the three games this season, also while winning the time of possession battle, 32-plus minutes to about 27 minutes per team. So after looking at the box scores and seeing the similarities in a lot of the stats through the day, you might be wondering, what is the actual differentiate? Why did K-State lose to Tulane when they beat Missouri and they beat South Dakota by so much? And I think primarily the answer comes down to third down efficiency and converting to extend drives for the Wildcats. K-State's inability to convert was really the thorn in the side of the Wildcats all day long against Tulane. Going 2 of 15 on third down and 1 and 5 on fourth doesn't exactly put you in a great spot to win many football games. I think a large part of K-State's inefficiency on offense comes through the lack of Deuce Vaughn sightings in this football game. While he still was able to amass 81 yards on 20 carries, it wasn't a particularly great day for Deuce Vaughn as it felt like Tulane really keyed in on him as the guy to shut down in this game and it paid off for the green wave. With all that being said I'd like to introduce a segment called Good Cat Bad Cat where I provide you with three positive takeaways and three negative takeaways from each of the Wildcats games this season. Starting off with Good Cat number one the Wildcats defense proved to still be one of the best units in the Big 12. Now I know the Wildcats didn't come away with a win, but I want to credit that more to Willie Fritz and Tulane's game plan coming into the day to slow down Deuce Vaughn and a couple of different things offensively for the Cats. The Wildcats defense has forced at least one or more turnovers in each game so far this season, and Saturday was not a different story, with both Kobe Savage and Daniel Green grabbing an interception to provide the Wildcats offense with a shorter field and hopefully get something going. The Cats defense is still shaping up to be one of the best units in the Big 12. Now, it should be noted that Nate Matlack, the defensive end for the Wildcats, did leave the contest early with an apparent injury, and Chris Kleiman was unable to update the media after the game on the severity of the injury, so that will be a storyline to follow with the defensive front, as Matlack's been one of the guys this season that's really shaped that defensive front for the Wildcats. As we get to learn a little bit more about the situation, it'll definitely be something that the Wildcats will address. Kansas State's defense did allow a little bit more yards to Tulane than they had to either Missouri or South Dakota going for 336 yards against them versus Missouri's 222. K-State did allow a lot of yards. They didn't really bend. They still held the green wave to 1 for 12 on third down, which is a pretty similar conversion rate to K-State's 2 of 15. Even after giving up 17 points against Tulane, K-State's defense is still holding opponents on average below 10 points scored. After starting off with a shutout against South Dakota, then giving up 12 points to Mizzou the following week, K-State's defense is still one of the premier defenses in the Big 12. And I know that the argument can be, okay, well, you've seen Tulane, you've seen Missouri, and both have had some big highlight moments. How does that actually compare to the Oklahoma States of the world, to the Baylors of the world? When things are going to get tough in conference play, how is the defense going to react to that? It'll definitely be something interesting for us to follow along. But as it sits right now, it is a great asset to have. Now, switching gears to bad cat number one. Colin Klein left a lot to be desired as a play caller in this football game. 
Now, I've shown some issues with Colin Klein in the past two games. In the second half, play calling primarily, where it's been, okay, game one against South Dakota, it's a blowout. We don't want to embarrass these guys. They're just here to compete. Game two against Missouri, it was a little bit more questionable where, okay, yeah, we're up by 21 points. Okay, we're up by 18 points. We don't want to make these guys look bad. We just want to win and move on, try to avoid any injuries. And I understand that idea, but in the Tulane game, there was no offensive urgency. From the time K-State took the field to the time they left, it was stagnant. The majority of plays run by K-State looked like, okay, something was wrong here, or okay, Tulane made a great play and stopped it. It was never a, okay, great stuff, K-State. That was exactly where we want to be. It was really just hard watching. So I guess the question I'm asking is, how long is it going to take Colin Klein to get adjusted and get confident calling plays as the offensive coordinator? We've seen him in the bowl game, and it looked great. We've seen him the first two games, and while they haven't been as pretty as the bowl game, they still both showed great moments for the Wildcats. So while I have mentioned that Colin Klein's play calls were a little bit questionable, I haven't told you directly what the issue was. And I think the main call that fans are focused on is the decision to punt with 218 left in the game on 4th and 12 from K-State's own 48-yard line. And so immediately my brain processes this and says, okay, it is 4th and 12, and our offense has struggled to convert any 3rd down of any distance at this point, and any 4th down of any distance at this point. The 4th and 12 decision isn't the major one for me. I think it's the repetitiveness on 4th and short going to the QB draw 3 times on 4th and short. Especially in a game where there's been no downfield presence. K-State has not really passed the ball and really looked comfortable at all doing that. So of course Tulane loads the box, expects the run on each of these downs. Sure enough it is. And they did a great job of being disciplined and making the tackle behind the line, forcing K-State off the field. Hopefully this will be an area where Colin Klein can learn and move on from this. Because it wasn't necessarily the same idea of running the same play at that down and distance multiple times. I think it's just the overall lack of anything different. When your offense is only producing in one way, everybody in the entire building expects it to do the same thing when you need it the most. Moving on to good cat number two. While K-State didn't necessarily play that efficient, they were disciplined and didn't get penalized that many times. K-State was penalized five times for a total of 23 yards, and none were really major. It was more or less just clock issues or that delay of game here or there. Which, yes, those are important, but I will take a delay of game over a 50-yard pass interference every day of the week. Coming off last week against Missouri, K-State was penalized eight times for 68 total yards. And while K-State did win that game, it is a little bit of a concern of mine with this younger secondary and guys that are new to the program that they're going to show that tendency to hold or have those long pass interference calls just because the veteran quarterbacks in the Big 12 know who to target. But one thing K-State does have going for them is that With the players like Kobe Savage, with Josh Hayes, who are new to the program, it's not their first season of playing college football. They both played at different universities and transferred in. They've kind of been around enough to understand what a quarterback's going to attempt and what you can and can't do to the best of your ability. Bad cat number two for the Wildcats. It's clear that Chris Kleiman and his coaching staff believe in Adrian Martinez, but does Adrian Martinez believe in himself? Adrian Martinez threw the football 31 times against Tulane, while only throwing the football 20 times against Missouri and 15 against South Dakota. Martinez is currently sitting in ninth place out of all 10 active starting quarterbacks in the Big 12, with a total QBR of 38. Coach Kleiman was asked after the game about what he needed out of Martinez to get him going down the field more and trying to get some big plays out of his arm, and Coach Kleiman simply said that Martinez just needs to learn to cut it loose. 
he's so focused on trying not to make a mistake that it's really hindering his potential as a passer. I think it's a little concerning that Martinez threw the ball 11 more passing attempts than he has all season in this game and still only managed to throw for 150 yards total. When Coach Kleiman spoke about his offense after the game, he was quoted in saying, It didn't perform the way it needs to. Stats are stats, but we need to be more explosive and more explosive in the passing game. With the Wildcats meeting the 6th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners next week, the offensive improvement could not come at a better time. Traditionally, in the last few years, K-State has played really, really well in Norman, and it will be really interesting to see if Coach Kleiman has anything to offer differently in this game than he did in Tulane. In the previous few seasons, Skylar Thompson had always found a way to play really well when it mattered against Oklahoma. This week should let us know if that was more Skylar Thompson or if that was more Chris Kleiman. Good cat number three. Deuce Vaughn still exists. The Wildcats were continually trying to keep Deuce Vaughn involved in this football game and suffered a big setback when he missed an entire quarter due to cramps. Vaughn still totaled 111 all-purpose yards in this game and looks to be a major factor against Oklahoma next week. Outside of Bijan Robinson with Texas, there's really nobody in the entire conference that can compare to this guy. Deuce Vaughn, since exploding onto the scene with the Wildcats, has immediately been circled on every single scouting report for every team in the Big 12, and that looks to be no different with Oklahoma. Currently this season, Deuce Vaughn is averaging just under 130 all-purpose yards each game with three scores on the season, and when you have a guy like that on your roster, it's to be expected that every defensive coordinator is looking for him. That being said, if Adrian Martinez and Colin Klein can come together and figure out this passing attack, the Wildcats look to be an incredibly dangerous team for the rest of the Big 12. Bad cat and possibly the biggest bad cat of the day, there are still so many questions about this K-State football team. Now I'm going to hit you with a laundry list of questions I've been asking myself to start the season off and looking at the future. What does it hold for the Wildcats? And I want to start off by asking, is Chris Kleiman's job in danger if the Wildcats underwhelm this season? And I don't mean to say that way too early. I'm not banging the drum for it by any means. I think Chris Kleiman has done a great job with the Wildcats. But when you've had the same quarterback with the exception of Will Howard off and on with Skylar Thompson getting injured, where does that put you when you get a new quarterback and you don't succeed? Do people look at Adrian Martinez and say, okay, this guy's the issue? Or do they look at Kleiman and say, okay, you should have made a call. You should have done something different. That's an interesting thing I want to follow this season. And on the topic of quarterbacks, does Adrian Martinez do enough this season to keep that starting job? If the Wildcats start off 0-4 in Big 12 play, I don't think that'll happen, in all honesty. But just speculate they go 0-4 or 1-3 to start the season off. Jake Grubley, one of the highest recruits K-State's had in a long time at the quarterback position, granted when he came in, it was against South Dakota in a shutout. It wasn't much subject matter. He did come in for one drive, go 4-4 for 42 yards, and looked confident. Is that a question we see? Do we see Jake Grubley start a game for the Wildcats this season? Barring any injuries, not wishing that on anybody, but just out of curiosity. What does life look like after Deuce Vaughn? Is the NFL calling Deuce Vaughn right after the season saying, hey, you got to enter this draft? Where does that put K-State's future? Will any wide receivers for the Wildcats be spectacular? Will there be someone in this wide receiver class that steps up and says, hey, I'm the guy? In the past, it's been Malik Knowles. Sebastian Taylor had a good couple of seasons for the Wildcats. Traditionally, there's one guy that says, okay, this is the guy we're going to. Is that guy in this receiver class? No, I don't know the answer to that. But one thing I know about Wildcat football is it's going to keep me on the edge of my seat, and I cannot wait to keep watching this team and see what we look like in the Big 12. Think about how many great storylines could come out of this game with Oklahoma. Granted, if Oklahoma goes and, and beats the brakes off K-State, okay, sure, you can go with the that's expected route. But think about the last three or four years with K-State and Oklahoma. K-State has had Oklahoma's number the past couple years, and I can't wait to see what the difference is this year to then. Is it going to change? Will K-State go down to Norman and walk out 
in a 42 in a 45-42 win. I am so excited for this weekend's game. And on the topic of this weekend's game, let's get into some pregame. Let's look ahead at the lines. Let's see what's going on, some potential storylines to follow, and I'll give you my thoughts on the potential outcome of this matchup. The Wildcats are taking on the 6th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners on the road on Saturday. They're currently sitting as 13-point underdogs, and that's about to be expected. I figure that K-State definitely doesn't deserve more than 10 points in this game. I think that's probably a fair estimate. Looking at Oklahoma's past couple of games, they started off the season against University of Texas El Paso with a 45-13 win against UTEP, then taking on Kent State, which they only allowed a field goal in that game, 33-3. And then last week, and this is the interesting one here, beating the Nebraska's Adrian Martinez's former team, 49-14. Now, if you're like me, then you know one of the best parts of football is thinking about these storylines, man. Adrian Martinez's former team gets blown out by Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma takes on Adrian Martinez's new team at home. I'm sure that if you ask Martinez how he's preparing or if this plays any type of a role in his mind, I'm sure he'd say, nah, it's no factor. In all honesty, you're going to prepare for the same people and all that, all that player speak. I don't buy that for one second. I think if you want to make a statement game here and show how much you're worth, Martinez goes out and balls out for the Wildcats. And it's going to take a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's going to take a couple of people on the same page, starting with Coach Kleiman then going to Coach Klein, and then getting through Adrian Martinez. Because K-State, and this could be the worst take of all time, not only will the Wildcats lose if they play like they did against Tulane, they will get blown out in Norman if that's the case. That being said, I do believe in this team. I don't think that'll happen. And I think, especially with all of the stories and everybody talking about, hey, Colin Klein is a tough day. We got to talk about this. Everybody's got to talk about Colin Klein. I don't see that the Wildcats don't address this so it doesn't come up in, the, in later games. I expect Chris Kleiman to go back and say, okay, here's where we messed up against Tulane. We cannot afford to be this sloppy against Oklahoma. Now let's talk about what I think will be everybody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about making you some money off some sports bets here. All right, so with the spread setting at 13, I am really 50-50 on this one. I think it's really tough for me to sit here and say, take K-State plus 13, take the points because I don't know what that offense is going to look like. But that's a pretty lame answer, so I'm going to give you an opinion. If I had to play the spread on this game, I'd probably go Oklahoma minus 13 if I were playing the spread. That being said, depending on where you're betting at, a lot of the prop bets that pop up for K-State offensively, the bar is incredibly low. Because K-State's offense isn't high-flying, it isn't something crazy, there's a lot of money to be made on these prop bets. So like I said, last week I did stay away from the spread, but I did go 2-for-2 on prop bets on K-State. I really like the odds because K-State doesn't produce that much in terms of stats offensively, but there are a few categories that feel like free money to me when I'm looking at these, at these props. With Adrian Martinez, he's not going to throw the ball for more than 150 yards consistently. I will say that. And that maybe that's the worst take of all time. Maybe he goes 350 and five scores in Oklahoma this weekend. What I like a lot, and he's done it for three straight weeks, Adrian Martinez has cashed the over for rushing yards prop bet for the past three weeks. Starting off the season, it was a 16-point rushing prop bet. Over 16, free, take that, that's that. The second week, it climbed up a little bit. It was close mid, mid-20s, I think it was 23-24. And for this past week with Tulane, it was set at 29.5, which is still climbing. And I think that eventually, I think that the sports books will catch up and understand where they're at as a team. I would assume for this week against Oklahoma, they're probably going to have it set around 35, 36 rushing yards. K-State's offense doesn't produce that much. That's where the money goes. The other bet I hit 
I did take Deuce Vaughn over on receiving yards. I don't know who looks at running back receiving yards, but that always feels a little bit off to me. Deuce Vaughn's over-under for this game was 13.5 receiving yards. Deuce Vaughn, I think, had that on the first play of the game, second play of the game. There was a screen pass. If he gets three catches a game just on checkdowns, with how shifty of a runner he is, that's cash. Look for your prop bets. With this podcast, I want to be able to use it to track my bets so you guys can know where I'm at, what I'm taking, what I'm doing, and go from there. I think this week I will stay away from the spread, but I want to give you my full prediction here in a minute. But as of right now, the only bet I'll be taking this week, depending on where Deuce Vaughn sits, is Adrian Martinez over on rushing yards. If they give him something wild in 70 rushing yards, I'm staying away. But I could see it being sub 40. That's where I'm at. Now, for those of you who have been waiting patiently for my prediction for this game, first of all, I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for joining us on the Everything Ema podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Joe Tillery. For those of you who have been waiting for my prediction, here's what I got. As much as I want to say K-State upsets Oklahoma, my heart wants to say that, I don't think this is the team to do it as it sits right now. If they were meeting in November, if they were meeting in October, I'd give it a shot. Once we know a little bit more about this team, but the first week of Big 12 play seems a little too early for me. My prediction for this game is that the Oklahoma Sooners beat the Kansas State Wildcats 42-28. to And in this position, the Oklahoma Sooners cover just barely. With a 14-point winning margin, they cover the 13 spread by one point. In my heart as a K-State fan, I'd love to sit here and say K-State wins, but I just think it's a little bit too early for everything that's going on with the Wildcats right now. As far as the spread goes... Oklahoma minus 13. And as far as the total points over under, I'm taking the over here. I feel pretty good about that one. The total right now is 52 points. I could see that happening realistically. It is going to depend on how good K-State's offense can play. In this game, I could see Deuce Vaughn scoring for a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving, and look for some special teams trickery from the Cats. But I don't think they have the firepower right now to beat the Sooners. I gotta say, I hope I'm wrong. I'm gonna be honest. I hope that K-State can find a way to win this game. I think after that Tulane game, I think a lot of Wildcat fans are feeling really, really unsatisfied. And I will say, a giant upset of the sixth-ranked Sooners would really set K-State back up for success in the Big 12. And obviously, you never need to say a game is a must-win game, especially when it's the first game of the season in Big 12 play. I don't believe this is a must-win game. I think the Cats will do just fine either way. That being said, it is a must-improve game or must-grow game for Adrian Martinez. I'm excited to see what the Cats do offensively. I genuinely believe that Adrian Martinez will open up a little bit more and get the ball downfield. It's going to depend because it doesn't seem like the receivers have done much for him at this point. But I got to say, go Cats. I hope I am wrong. And I hope we have a good game to watch Saturday. If nothing else, I hope that this game is a great game. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. I want to thank you guys again for listening to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Tillery. Please come back next week. We're going to be talking about the Texas Tech-Kansas State game. And if you're interested in talking to me at all, go ahead and reach out on Twitter. You can talk about picks. We can talk about the cats. We can talk about big play in general. Let me know. On Twitter, that is at Tillery underscore Joe. That is T-I-L-L-E-R-Y underscore Joe. Or reach out on Instagram with the inverse of that handle. That's at Joe underscore Tillery on Instagram. Thank you again for listening to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And if you're looking for more football talk, Big 12 talk in general, go ahead and check out heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you for listening and go Cats.